Daniel. <sighs> Hello, everybody. It's so lovely to be here with you. Um, oh, just during worship, I, I just thought, Father God must be looking down. And I mean, I was just loving it. I could have stayed worshiping all evening. But I think when he sees the communities and the churches uniting in a region, I think he just smiles because that's when we are the most powerful. Um, we've always loved that picture of building the wall together and that each of us is called to build a different part of the wall. So thank you to the different churches here who are building a different part of the wall. Without you, the wall around this area, say it, Kate, what's the area called? Okay, I can't say that. Umschlatuzi. How was that? Umschlatuzi. Not bad. Without you all, that wall around that area could not be built. So it's important to stand on the wall and to keep building your part of the wall. And that's when the Father smiles. So I think the unity amongst the communities is such a beautiful thing. So it's an absolute privilege to be here tonight. We've had a wonderful weekend. And yeah, let's may it continue this evening. So thank you for having us. Wonderful. <clears throat> for those of you from Outlook, it's great that you came back again. Thank you really is awesome. You're making me feel much better. But it is wonderful to have other churches around. I know um, the Durants uh, from Atubo here. I don't know that if there's anybody else there. The Ulafiers. I don't know what other churches are here besides any more. So, so solid ground, the Ulafiers. Yeah. Anyway, just welcome. Brilliant. Love, love to have you guys. It really is wonderful. So, we can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15 at a recent, or I don't know if it was recent, but a while ago we, I preached at, a, at one of the Relating Partnering Times, and I spoke about friendship to the pastors, mainly because pastors don't know how to be good friends. And it's difficult to be friends with pastors. And... Um, but what I felt to do tonight is I actually want to talk about biblical friendship. They speak about, uh, the writers say that it's probably the, the least spoken about relationship in the church. Friends. What does it mean to be a friend? You know that we are f Jesus, we're going to read now that Jesus calls us friends. And uh, God's called us to be a friend of Jesus and to have friends. And there's quite a bit that the, that the scriptures have to say, particularly in the book of Proverbs, about what kind of friends you should be looking for and what, what kind of, what friends, true friends are meant to be. And I'm not talking about being friendly. That's, we're meant to be friendly to everybody. I'm talking about the kind of friends that Jesus had where he had Peter, James, and John that in his most, in his most traumatic hour of his life when he went up the mountain and was crying out to God, and he said, please, will you pray for me? Because I, I need to meet with the Father. He's asking me to do something that's very difficult. And he comes back and they're sleeping. Jesus is always going to be a better friend to you than you are going to be to him. It's awesome. That's nice to know. But I want to talk about biblical friendship. And I pray that by the end of this evening, your friendship with Jesus will have got more intimate and closer but I'm praying you'll be able to audit your life and ask this question, have I truly got friends? And if you haven't, 
begin to pray to God and ask God for some good friends. They're indispensable in this life. They are truly gifts to us. So this is what it says in John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Straight away you get an insight. Friends lay down their lives for each other. You are my friends, Jesus says, if you do what I command. Now listen, we're friends with the king here. A little bit different to friends with Brent. I, I don't do everything Brent, everything Brent's, um, Brent commands, you know. But, um, but the idea is, is that friends, we, 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 we try to please our friends to do what God would have for them. We, we, we live in a world, in a, in a place where we actually mutually find each other in God and begin to live for the sake of each other. Verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. is. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. See, one of the things of friends that Jesus does, he takes the very innermost parts of himself and he shares it with his friends. And Jesus is the only one that can have as many friends like we are all friends of his. But as finite human beings, you and I actually have only very few friends like I'm going to talk about tonight. Although you're very friendly and you have many relationships, I'm talking about friends. Let's get into it. You have social media friends. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. You see, we can use technology to keep one another at distances that we can control. Not too close, not too far, just right. Social media. Turn you off, unfollow you, mute you, whatever else. We also have specialized friends. I'm just using the S's here. Specialized friendships are those that kind of we we get to be in friendship with because of a common activity we do. I call them functional friendships. It's kind of, and you, you, you go through life and you have these different functional friendships because of what God's called you to do and the, the partnerships he's put you in. And those are good, those are legitimate friendships. Those are things that you're doing together. And often those fall into two categories. It's kind of stage of life friends. We have friends because we're all having babies together. And so you develop friends. Or you have common interest friendships the classic here, I'm sure, fishermen, amazing how they can find friends with other fishermen. Soccer, sporting friendships, those are all kind of specialized friendships. You, you're gathering together, but the motive of you, really the reason why you're together is this common interest or this common activity that you're doing together. And those are great things. And in fact, C.S. Lewis calls those kinds of friendships companionship calls it companions. They're your companions more than they are your friends. He goes on to say in his book on the four loves, he says, this companionship is the matrix for friendship. So this is becomes becomes a matrix on which you can begin to develop true biblical friends. And uh, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's not the friendship. You need some friends. You need some Bible, biblical friends to help you get through this life. 
And then, of course, you have, so you have social media friendships, you have specialized friendships, and then you have selfish friendships. I'm friends with you because you've got a boat and I like skiing. <laughs> now, you just got to know that guy's not your friend. He's your friend until you don't have a boat anymore. So, um, and that's purely what I can gain out of it. That's, that's, that's not friends. That's actually people using you. Jesus calls us friends. Jesus calls us friends. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day in the book of Genesis. He, he was friends with God. He walked with God. He shared his thoughts with God, I can imagine. Jesus had those tight friends that he walked with and talked with and tried to do life with and tried to process things with. Imagine being Jesus. We kind of get this idea that Jesus kind of just, when he came out the womb, he knew that he was the Messiah and he was going to... Jesus was a human being, being told the stories by his mom. You won't believe it, but Joseph is your dad, but actually he isn't. What do you mean, mom? No, 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 I had this encounter with God and I got pregnant without your dad. Oh, come on now, mom. And through life, he begins to read the scriptures like every Jewish good, boy, good Jewish boy does. And slowly over time, he begins to realize, maybe this is me. Maybe I'm the suffering servant. Imagine Jesus trying to wrestle with this in his, in his humanity. And eventually he kind of gets to the place where he realizes, man, I'm the one that has to die. But listen, if I'm wrong, I'm just going to die. But if I'm right, I'm going to be raised to life again. Jesus is wrestling. He needs friends. He needs some friends to come alongside him and help him. Like you and I do. So what are biblical friendships? I want to give you four ingredients of biblical friends. Biblical friends. The first thing I want to say before I even get to that is this very big idea. The kinds of friends that we are looking for are the kinds of friends we need to be. I remember in grade one, I went to school and I sat next to a boy and I said to him, please, can you be my friend? And he was. He became one of my best men at my wedding. But friendships don't normally work that way. Normally that guy that comes to you and says, please, will you be my friend? You're like, what? Are you going to put a rabbit in a pot or something? What's happening here? Friends, Friends are a gift from God. And the big idea is for us to be the kind of friends that we want to have. Build into relationships in a way and build into friendships like the friends we want to have. But here are the four big ideas about friendship and what Bible kind of biblical friendship, particularly from the book of Proverbs. The first thing is this, consistent friends. Consistent friends. 
friends that will be there. This is what the Proverbs 18 verse 24 says. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend by the Spirit of God that's closer than family. When you're in trouble, there's a friend that runs to your aid before your brother even gets there. Friends are there. They don't ask this question, listen, if you need me, please phone me. They're there. They don't ask, they just pitch. See, the kind of friends that I'm talking about are those kinds of friends. And just as I head into this, for you to know, you're probably only going to have two, three, or four of those kinds of friends in your whole life. Because as you'll begin to see, as we unpack this, it takes time to build those friends. It takes incredible investment to build those friends. And you just don't have the time to do it. These are the kinds of friends I'm talking about. Proverbs 17 verse 17 says this. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. You see, a friend is just there. A friend loves at all times. When you're going through a tough time, the friend is there. When you're going through a good time, the friend is there. The friend is consistently there. I tell you, I've had the privilege of, particularly since we came to Glenridge and we really got plugged into what God was doing, and back when I was 27 or 28 years old, and God put us together with the Spooner family. We had our kids together, and they became our friends. When we were in trouble, Spooners. And when the Spooners are in trouble, Phipses. We're there. I've got another friend, Mark. He's a bit faulty. He comes from Toti. <laughs> Toti hasn't got any marijuana anymore because of him. And God put us together, and for 20 years we've been running together and living out this kind of friendship. Talking together, running together. He walked away from Glenridge for a season, and now has come back into Glenridge. But right through those times, whether he was there or not, we carried on running together and being friends. Being there for each other. Friends. One of, the, one of the great characteristics of a Bible friend is they are consistently there, consistent friends. No matter what it costs me, and they will not let you come to ruin because they're there, they're consistently present. The second thing about a Bible friend is this. I call them a careful friend. Careful friend. Proverbs 25 verse 20 says this. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day or like vinegar poured on a wound is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. 
Let me read that again. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. You see, friends, these kinds of friends that kind of got an emotional connection with you, an intuition, intuitive, whatever that word is, intuitivity, whatever, (laughs) sensitivity. They don't take away a garment on a cold day because that would be inappropriate. They don't sing songs to a heavy heart. That would be inappropriate. They know when a song needs to be sung in praise, and they know when a blanket needs to be given because that's what you need at the time. This is a true friend that knows you. You see, singing songs to a heavy heart can actually make it worse for the person that's got a heavy heart. You actually just need to grieve with them. You just need to walk through the loss with them. You just need to be there. It's so, it's so strange, just on a side note. When people have lost somebody and are grieving, we so often just back away from them because we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say. Can I just say, when people are grieving, just be there. You don't have to say anything. Put your arm around them. Give them a love. I love you. That's all you need to do. But a friend is careful careful friends is one of the characteristics of a good friend. Proverbs 27 verse 14 says this, if anyone loudly blesses their neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. (laughs) Playing the trumpet at five o'clock in the morning is not going to bless your neighbor. See, when you get the timing wrong, it's not about playing the trumpet. You might be the best trumpet player in the world. Just don't do it at five o'clock in the morning. You see, friends understand these four M's. These are so key when you're interacting with friends. One, the moment, you've got to choose your timing right. Friends know when the timing's right. Try to be that friend. Remember, be the friend you want. Try to be that friend that's appropriate with the timing, that's appropriate with the response. That's what a friend is. Number one, the moment. Number two, the message. Whenever you have an, emotion, an engagement with somebody, you pick the moment, but you also watch your message, what you say and how you say it. It's so key. Otherwise, you're the trumpet player at five o'clock in the morning. Also, your motive. Why are you doing this? This is not just for friends. It's for any kind of moment, any kind of, uh, kind of chat that you need to have to somebody. Pick your moment well. Choose your message well. Watch your motive. Is this moment for them, motive for them, or is it for you? And then your manner, the how. Moment, message, motive, and manner are so important. In marriages, this is important. Careful friends. The third one is this honest friends. Honest friends. The ability to speak the truth and love for the good of your friend is what friendship's about. Honest friendship. Honest friends. 
Proverbs 27 verse five to six says this. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But just make sure you watch your moment, your message, your motive, and your manner, and then you can speak honestly to your friend. You see, these words, for a true friend, these words that might wound are hard to hear, but they're also hard to say. Unless it's hard to say, maybe it's not helpful to say it. Because maybe it's not out of the motive of love. Proverbs 29 verse 5 says this, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads it, it creates a trap for him. You see, friends don't do that. Friends have an ability to speak the truth and love for the sake of their friend, for the betterment of their friend. Verse 20, Proverbs 28 verse 23 says this, Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than one who flatters with his tongue. Have you ever noticed that you're so scared of confronting somebody or speaking truth to somebody and, you be, actually, and you're thinking because you're going to destroy the friendship. But actually what it does, it brings you closer together because you've had the courage in love to speak truth to your friend. Somebody said this, if you're unwilling to offend by speaking honestly in the context of a friendship, you're not being a biblical friend. A friend doesn't just keep quiet. A friend has so much love that he's willing to risk it for you in love to speak the truth. I love this saying, a friend always lets you in but never lets you down. A friend will always let you in to the innermost past like Jesus. I don't call you friend. I don't call you servant. I call you friend because you know the inner secrets of mine and my father's heart. But they never let you down. These are the kind of friends, friendships we want to build, friends. And the way you build them is to be that kind of friend to others. And let God put it all together. Lastly, so the first one is you want consistent friends, you want careful friends, you want honest friends, and fourthly, you want wise friends. Many men surround themselves with drinking buddies, golf partners, and gym friends. Those are companions, those are not friends. Common interest or common, those are what C.S. Lewis calls companions. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says this, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. The pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice, from their wisdom towards you. Wise friends. Wise friends. Proverbs 11 verse 13 says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. I want to say to you, friend, a, a, friends, a true friend can hold a confidence. If somebody's spreading rumors about you, that's not a true friend. If somebody's telling everybody else about the innermost thoughts of your heart that they've shared with you, they're not your friend. 
What you need is true friends can hold a confidence. You can have a conversation and you can share the heart of God and you can share each other's hearts and you know each other's hearts are safe in each other's mouths and hands. Proverbs 27 verse 9 says this, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. I think I just read that one. I did. Proverbs 27 verse 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. One of the commentators say this is a constructive clash. Iron sharpens iron. And this doesn't, and, and often people think, oh, we have to have this sit down and have this big conversation. And that is a way that iron sharpens iron. But I think iron sharpens iron in everyday life. Where, you, where you're interacting with each other and you, you're talking to each other. And whether it is on the golf course or whether it, where it is, but you, you're sharpening each other. And you're careful with your words because this is your friend. And you're doing life together. Gordon MacDonald said this, there's a certain niceness to a friendship where I can be as they say myself. There's a certain niceness to a friendship where I can be myself. But what I really need are relationships in which I will be encouraged to become better than myself. True friends are wise to make you better than yourself. Whatever you think yourself could be. Myself needs to grow a little each day. I don't want to be this, the myself I was yesterday. I want to be the myself that is developing each day to be more of a Christ-like person. And you need a, to do that, you need a friendship with Jesus, but you need a friendship with those around you. You need friendship, friends that know you, that can talk truth to you. Friends, I want to say to you, trusted friends are a rare gift. And if you've got, some, you've got trusted friends, you hold on to them and you invest your time into them and be this kind of true friend to them. If you haven't got friends like this, my prayer tonight is that God will give you these kinds of friends. You begin to be the kind of friend that you would like to have and God, as you sow that, God will seed that back to you with friends. You can't have too many friends like this that will build, challenge, strengthen, protect, add value to your life, that you can laugh with and you can cry with, have fun with, be serious, pray and prank each other. That's what friends do. Can move from this incredibly sober moment in Christ to this incredible hilarity and joy pranking each other or doing whatever. It's what friends do. And the reason why you can only have a few of these is because you haven't got emotional energy for more than this. It's an investment of time. It's an investment of the most precious commodity that we have on this planet, time. And time is limited and irreplaceable. So our investment needs to be good. I want to encourage you Ask God for these kinds of friends. Pray for good friends. Pray for good friends that are like you and pray for good friends that are unlike you. You need those that are unlike you as well to be friends with you. You see, this kind of friendship is not, it's not because of common personality or common pursuit. 
It's because of what you have in Christ. It's because of what you need for your future. So it's not always people that are exactly like you. And you kind of need friends across the spectrum. You need friends with different gifts to you. You need friends that are unlike you and friends that are like you. Jesus is our friend that is most unlike us. He is God. He is perfect love. He's perfectly consistent. He's incredibly careful with his words. He's amazingly honest and he's incredibly wise. He's everything that we need in a friend. And what's incredible is that when we have a friendship with Jesus, it deepens every other kind of friendship we can have. Friendship with Jesus deepens your friendships that you have. Those two or three or four, whatever those, those tight friends that you have, the substance of those relationships just goes way deeper because of what you have in Christ. My prayer is not just that we wouldn't be lonely, but actually we would have friends. Consistent friends, careful friends, honest friends, and wise friends. I end with this quote from Tim Keller. Wise people are good at choosing, forging, and keeping friendships. Choosing, forging, and keeping friendships. It's an amazing thing. Friendships change, can change. You know sin can completely disrupt friendship. Distance can change friendship. Because you don't see the person like you used to. Decisions, choices can change friendships. The, the, the melting pot of friendships. And it's very painful. And it's very difficult to endure. Because these are your people that, have, that you've let into your heart. But wise people are good at choosing, forging, and keeping friends. When you are liberated to be the great friend you need to be by the great friendship of Jesus on the cross, he says, then you will find yourself getting paradoxically all the friends your heart needs. You'll paradoxically start finding all the friends that your heart needs. When you find Jesus, when you become a friend of Jesus, and when you allow Jesus to share his secrets with you and no longer call you a servant but call you a friend and allow him to lay his life down for you and all that that means, he will become your friend, you will become his friend and what's incredible is he wants to give you friends that are powerful and deep in your life here on this planet. Father, I pray, I pray, Lord God, you would help us with this thing called friendship. Some are sitting here and thinking, Stan, I will never have those kinds of friends. I'm actually lonely. Father, I pray that you put the lonely into family, your word says. But I pray, Lord God, 
not just for family. I pray for these kinds of friends that we can share our lives with, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, as people look at you, gaze at you on the cross, you'd profoundly provide and strengthen and deepen the friendships that we have. And as Tim Keller says here, wise people are good at choosing, forging, and keeping friendships. I pray for that, Lord God. I pray for friends that will help us be all that we can be. I pray for friends that will care for us when we need caring, encourage us when we need encouraging, would correct us when we need correcting, would rebuke us when we need rebuking. I pray for those kinds of friends for us, Lord God. Especially that are those that are in high leadership roles, management roles, that where it's quite lonely. I pray that you'd put friends around people, Lord God. I pray for this in your incredible, incredible name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Brilliant. Thank you, Stan. Why don't you stand to your feet, please? I remember I was at that pastor's meeting a couple of months back when, uh, when Stan shared this. And it, it so challenged me that I started asking guys, if, if you look at your life, honestly, have you got companions, acquaintances, or do you have deep friends? And, and it was very rare to find people who said, actually, you know what, I really do have great friends. I, this is a huge, huge need. I listened to a podcast recently, <laughs> excuse me, and they said the greatest pandemic in the world at the moment is loneliness. Right around the world, loneliness. And just as uh, Stan was sharing, I was reminded of that scripture where it says, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? Yes. So why don't you close your eyes right now? I want you to take a moment, just in the quietness of your heart, and begin to pray. Actually ask the Father. Now maybe you are one of those uber friends you've got, your tank is full. But I'm suspecting most of us actually could do with more friends in our lives. Why don't you just take a moment in your heart and begin to pray. Begin to ask the Father. He might even begin to put names, drop names into your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the power of friendship, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we truly want to worship you and say thank you so much. Uh, just I suppose what stood out to me as well as, as Dan was sharing tonight is, is how many proverbs there are about friendship. The wisest guy in the world realized friendship is key to our lives. And Father, we want to be a wise people who realize that instead of chasing our lives after money and fame and success and this, we want to chase after great friendships by being great friends. And so, Father, I pray for every one of us tonight. May this seed grow inside of us. May it produce the fruit of diligently becoming the type of friends who can cultivate great friendships. Would you hear our prayers tonight as we ask? Would we begin to invest deep into those relationships? Thank you, Lord God, for your amazing provision. And Heavenly Father, even tonight as we go our different ways, thank you, Lord God, that your gracious hand is upon us. Thank you, Jesus, that you're building your church. And thank you, Lord God, that we get to do it all in Jesus' name. And God's people say...